Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are your hosts, Shannon and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Today, we are so lucky that we have on not just one amazing guest, but two. They both bring their own individual light and gifts into the world, but also have built a friendship and a business together. Michelle Rios Rice and Megan Henley are the founders of 13 Moons. Their mission and passion is to raise the frequency of humanity, one person, heart and mind at a time by bringing wellness into reality, physically, emotionally, mentally, energetically, and spiritually. Thank you both for joining us today and welcome to Sense of Soul podcast. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so much to talk about. We're going to just jump right into each one of you individually speaking a little bit about yourself. Michelle, if you would start, that would be great. Okay. So I am a master's level social worker, a psychologist. I am a published author and I am a curandera and a curandera is a traditional healer. I was initiated when I was a very young child. I was identified as having the gift and uh, it's in my family line. And so I do a lot of traditional healings and um, do that kind of work with the spirit and address all of those levels uh, that you said. So that's a little bit about me. Awesome. Your turn, girl. Um, so <laughs> I am formally trained as a jewelry designer and I'm an artist at heart, but I have always lived my life on the path, so to speak. And I never really knew because it was just who I am until really I met Michelle when I was, God, how old was I? In my early 20s. 20 um, years ago. Yeah. And we... <laughs> Oh, you just revealed my age. Just kidding. <laughs> and we just kind of hit it off. And I was so thirsty for this information about different religions and how, you know, energy. And I always had a propensity to research all of that. And it was just part of my wheelhouse. And Michelle and I really became good friends. And I learned a lot from her from that young age. And then our friendship and knowledge has grown since then. I love it. So let me ask you, Michelle, what, what qualifies you as having these genetic traits? Uh, curandera, uh, well, there's, a, I, I think there's a lot of things. I think I came into this uh, embodiment, if you will, uh, with these particular open gifts. Uh, so I have the gift of seeing, I can see energy, uh, I can see illness, I can see anger, I can see ghosts, I can see all of that, you know, uh, that type of thing. I can see the, mole uh, the molecular structure of different things. I've learned to um, turn it off. But anyway, um, my grandmother knew that I had the gift when I was young because I would see, you know, I would see spirits, I would have visions and my grandmother was very faithful. And her, in her family line, actually on both sides of my grandparents on my maternal uh on my maternal side, uh, had this gift, uh, down the line and, uh, my grandmother and her, uh, mama Tia, which is a mother aunt and, uh, her mother were all curanderas. And we had a, uh, one of the family line was a very famous curandera here in, in Santa Fe. 
And uh, so I was just identified and a lot of people in my family have, uh, you know, have the gift, a lot of cousins and so forth. And, and uh, so we use it. So I think I was born with it and then uh, initiated into the understandings from a very, very young age from both my grandparents and my mother. Wow, that's beautiful. You know, I have a friend who often goes to Santa Fe for work. And whenever she would visit there, she would go into these little amazing gift shops. She said it was hands down her absolute favorite place to shop. But the two things that she bought for me, this Archangel Michael, or maybe it was St. Michael, I don't know which one it signified, but it was this little tiny little wooden thing. And she knew that I had this connection my whole life with Archangel Michael. Then it was on my birthday, five years ago in May, she had went there and brought me back this beautiful cross with the sacred heart in the middle. And it's a, it's a beautiful art piece. And coincidentally, she had met me in Denver to give it to me because she wasn't going to be able to see me for a while. I had just brought my dad to the hospital. He was having heart issues. We're in the emergency room and for, well, to make a long story short, 11 days later, he died. And I've kept that sacred heart cross. It really signifies that time that those 11 days for me, but I can tell that there's a lot of Catholic tradition coming from there, or at least Christian traditions and a lot of creativity as well. Yes. Santa Fe is kind of a Mecca for different groups of people who come in, who are spiritually opened or spiritually awakened. We're surrounded by uh, several Pueblos, Native American communities as well. There's a deep history that way. Uh, you have the deep old faith, which I, which I call it, which what my grandmother was Catholic. Uh, but this thread of Curandissimo was running right through all of, all of the Catholicism at that time. It still does to a certain degree. Now here in Santa Fe, well, in Española, which is a little bit north from here, we have the Sikh community who has a big group of Sikhs. And we have a very large Tibetan community wow. here in Santa Fe. And so it is a, it's an area that's very spiritual, just energetically, just by nature itself here. That's and so, and, and, it, and it attracts a lot of people. It also attracts a lot of new age, new age people, new age gurus, uh, just a lot of, um, let's say, uh, to identify, but not generalize a lot of hippie vibe. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's that, like you're bolder. <laughs> yeah, kind of kind of like that. And, yeah. and it's beautiful in a sense, because if you're, you either love Santa Fe, and you get it, or you you just you just don't. And I think it has to do with that spiritual component, like what you said, you know, like the sacred heart was extremely sacred, that piece of art, and that piece of creativity. And of course, uh, the creativity is the, uh, the language of the soul, you know, that speaks to our soul. So it doesn't need the words, right? Yeah. It's the, it's the art that uh, sends us into those places that are deeply connected to the cosmic portal of joy and the cosmic portal of beauty. And so it's, it's amazing to have that level of art here in Santa Fe. And of course, Megan is, is one of those artists, you know, when in our younger days, we uh, lived together and from my mind, I said to her, you know, I want to paint a mural on my wall of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And I want her to have, you know, like all of these different religions tied into her, 
her mantle and her rosary and all of this. And so there was Megan on my wall painting this huge, and I'm going to say it like this without disrespect, this huge ass mural of Our Lady. <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. You know, that must be why my aunt loves coming to Santa Fe because she's an artist. And she said that to me. She said, down there, the art just speaks to her differently than it does the art in the city. That history, that it's like the ancestors are speaking through it. Um, I, uh, I love that. I can't wait to come visit. So Megan, what was your upbringing? Was this in your bloodline as well? Was this in your DNA and your ancestral lineage? Well, interestingly, I have healers on my paternal side. My grandfather is a, was a traditional Western doctor, but my grandmother's father and grandparents and uncles, that I don't even know how far back, were um, blanking on the word herbalists. Like an herb they treated with like flower remedies. So it is in my lineage, but I never identified it until... I moved back to Santa Fe in, when did I move back here? Pre-COVID, 2019. <laughs> and then I started to realize, like, I've always had a propensity for this stuff. Like, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go look at the herb that's good for this and intuitively kind of followed that stuff. And then I had this aha moment where I was like, oh, yeah, no, no shit. I have doctors <laughs> all on my one side of my family. Like, there are healers. But there was a disconnect for me because at some point they jumped over to traditional Western medical doctors as opposed to an herbal doctor. Does that make sense? Yes. I just wanted to point out really fast that I love, I wish our listeners could see this. I love the connection I see between the two of you already. Um, you remind me of Shanna and I, we've been friends since we were like 15. Um, <laughs> you, you, Megan, you just did what I always do. Like I go to say something and then I look at Shanna like, wait. I need you to answer for me. I need you to remember. <laughs> we totally do. I do, we do that. All, I do that all the time. I do that all the time. I'm like, wait, did I miss anything? Am I saying it right? Michelle? Like, yeah. Mean, when's my birthday, Shanna? When, what year did I get married? Like, well, that I can tell you because my daughter's birthday is the same. So that was easy. But you know, it's amazing though, out of all the, you know, things that I've received as gifts, those were two very, I could tell that they were very spiritual and they came from a good place. Mandy and I have a mobile boutique and a lot of the things, you know, whether it's jewelry or things that we've picked out to sell in our truck, were all picked out with a lot of intention or made with a lot of love. And I think that when you have something that you're selling that you love, I mean, you could feel that you know, that people can feel that when they receive it. It's not just something, you know, made in China that you get like, you know, on wish, you know, 20 weeks away. <laughs> right. Oh my God, that's hilarious. It's <laughs> so true. Like you can feel the, can. the intention of the person. And I have worked, I have worked a little added background. I worked for a company that um, we manufactured mass quantities of jewelry and you could, and I would go to the factory and I'd work at the factory level and you could feel, I don't want to say the oppression, but you could feel the lack of joy. Sure, right. Yeah. So, and then that energy is going to go into whatever that person is producing. That was an eye opening experience for me, like learning to then yeah. say, no, I'm going to keep doing this one of a kind stuff on my own and be mindful with the stones I pick and the metals I pick and do it with as much integrity as, as I can and much, as much intention. 
I appreciate that. I really do. I wish I could only buy that way. Even when I'm considering to buy sage or other, you know, things that I could buy off of like reservations or to support some of the cultures that bring these things to our awareness. I always try to really take that in consideration when I purchase things. I think it matters. Yeah. Yeah. Michelle, I have a question for you. I was researching all night because I honestly had never heard of, and I'm afraid to try to say it, curanderism. How do you say that? Well, curandera, the word yes. curandera is, uh, means, so it, the core word of it is curar, which means to cure. Okay. And so yeah. curandera, well, curanderos is both men and women. And curandissimo is the, the art of this practice. I had never heard of it before and I was a little taken back. Like, how have I never heard of this? Because it, to me, it seemed a little bit more like similar to like shamanism. But then when I looked into the research of it and the Aztecs and, and it's so beautiful and I was just shocked. So, you know, maybe giving our listeners just a little bit of history on it. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. So it does go back, uh, you go into Mexico and you go into the uh, Aztecas, the Aztecs, which were, the, that was an American or a white name given to them. Their name was actually Mexicas. They are, you know, they are the ones, well, they're not the only ones because this is kind of curandissimo is sort of pagan in a way, if you want to, you know, kind of bring the knowledge to kind of a basic uh, foundational way of understanding. It's uh, working, yes, with religious uh, attitudes, if you will, or background, depending on the person's religion and, and religious beliefs or non-beliefs. And then it's working with herbs and the understanding of the spirit and how the spirit impacts the physical level. In my lineage, it goes back to the Aztecs. My grandfather was a part of that bloodline. And so that understanding, so my grandfather, interestingly, teaching me how to listen to the wind speak, how to listen to the water in the river, how to listen and understand what the rock is saying, what the stone is saying, or the plant is saying. So he was very tied in that way uh, to nature. And that's a part of being a curandera. But the, the wonderful thing about uh, curandissimo is let's say you were called to be a curandera and let's say your background is uh, you know from Ireland and that you're going to bring in your particular way of understanding and your particular belief system it's very inclusive curandissimo is very inclusive in that way it doesn't say you have to be catholic or you have to be uh, you know, you have to be Christian or you have to be native, you know, and so it's very inclusive that way. And it also morphs. So you could go to a curandera. A lot of people will tell me that I'm a una grande, la grande, uh, which is, is funny. You know, they say you're la grande because you work with the, the dreams and you work with the herbs mm -hmm. and you work with the spirit and you work with the energy and okay. you work with nutrition, but Everything. some will just work with one thing. You okay. see, you could go to a curandera and they'll just, maybe they're just going to sweep you energetically or they'll bring out the egg and the herbs and clean your energy field. And that's all they do. Others, maybe they do what is called the platica, which is a conversation, sort of like counseling, but it's soul talk. And in that soul talk, there's an exchange that's healing the person. 
um, uh, energetically. And so there's lots of different pieces to it. And, and you morph after periods of time, you know, some people assume when they come to see a curandera that, you know, you're, you're a witch and that you're going to, you know, pull out some, you know, magic wand and do something like that. And so <laughs> right. anyway, I'm, I'm rambling, but I hope I answered no. the question. You know, I am from New Orleans and in my lineage, I have a great shaman who was a um, Cajun, you know, he was from the Acadians. Um, actually, he, that was in the 1600s, so, but his lineage came, you know, and then they became the Acadians, the Cajun people. But I also had um, slaves in my, in my tree and who also led to Marie Laveau, who was the Buddha queen. Actually, it was kind of forced on her, but, you know, she had to be Catholic. It was a law. And so even though she had her, her indigenous roots of teachings of healing through voodoo, because she was from St. Jamin, which is now Haiti, you know, she had to add in these Catholic traditions. And she did it because she wanted to really relate to the people. Um, for healing, and, and she was very close with the archdiocese. So I find it beautiful. Has it always been that way with the Curandismo, or is that like a more modern thing that they're? No, adding? I think it's I think it's always been that way. I oh. think that different uh, along the pathway. Well, you think of the mixing way yeah. back of the different peoples that come for different reasons. Some good, some not not so good. But you think about mm -hmm. that, and the integration of that has always been. I mean, I was taught in particular ways how to do certain things, um, but I could morph that uh, into something that, like, as you said, it, it would relate to the people more. You know, you speak the language of the people that are coming in order to really relate and really heal because it, part of it is the relationship, right? It's the, it's the heart connection that also brings the healing. So there's yeah, many ways you want. Yeah, exactly. Call it what you want. <laughs> yeah, call it whatever you want. Exactly. Call it whatever you want, but it, it comes back down to the love in the heart. And then all of these things are just the tools and the expressions in which, you know, we morph as individuals. That's to be a curandera. You know, sometimes people think I, I had on Instagram, somebody said, you don't look like a curandera because your hair is not long and <laughs> and in braids. And I'm like, well, okay, if you have that image of, you know, an indigenous person, that's totally cool. But curanderas come in all colors and shapes and sizes and, and we dress oh, in all that. kinds of ways. <laughs> you I know? love that. Yeah, we can put on our garb and that's fine, but it, it's really of what's inside, what you have developed over years and over time, so. So Shanna and I have been lucky enough to not only be best friends, but also to start a business together. We crossed paths when we were 15 years old, two boyfriends, and that's how we met. Let's just say there was blessings and lessons in those relationships. Um, <laughs> but I'm curious to how the two of you met and your connection, because you really got to love someone a lot to go into business with them. And so let's talk about that friendship that you guys have. There was a relationship involved and I was a relative of Michelle's um, husband. I still am a relative, but he is no longer her husband. But we <laughs> knew from the minute we met that like it, it wouldn't have mattered. We would have found each other anyway. That just kind of facilitated our connection, I so to speak, and we were soul sisters. There was a fire one night, a big fire, like a forest fire. And I was like, 
we have to go take supplies to the to the center <laughs> where all the evacuees are going. Like we have to, and we would get in the car at like eleven at night and like get blankets and water and everything that we had in the house, and we would just drive. And so that's kind of how it started. And I lived with, how many years, Michelle? Two years. I lived with three, you. maybe. Um, I think maybe three years. You lived with two us. Or three. And so we just kind of had this immediate bond. And then I moved to New York, had a job, blah, blah, blah. And then I moved back, but we always stayed connected. Like we always would talk on the phone. We always stayed connected. And then when I moved back to Santa Fe in 2019, it just kind of seemed like, oh yeah, this is what we're going to do. Like it wasn't, we didn't, it was like no question. And here we are. I yeah. love it. We are believers in uh, past lives. And so we believe uh, and know there were many dreams connected to our uh, friendship and our relationship. So we have a soul tie. And so when she says we're soul sisters, we're definitely, we're definitely soul mates of a, of a level and um, have traveled and journeyed together for a long time and, and have that connection. And so we're doing some, uh, our business, I, I would say it's divinely ordained. It's a di divinely ordained mission. <laughs> we know that we were like what's coming next who knows <laughs> I mean, we didn't even know we were going here <laughs> we're just along the ride just you know learn to yeah. surrender and stop trying to control life and just hop on that crazy train <laughs> yep so let me ask you I find it so amazing do you know anything about the lady in blue uh, uh you mean our lady or uh, I'm, well, I'm not sure that term you know the story the lady in blue of done from I think she was in was she in Spain and she came to America she would transport in meditations did you ever hear about that story and she would go no to oh my gosh the lady in blue. I know you, have, you okay <laughs> you have to look it up because she was actually sainted but then the the uh, some pope decided well no we're not going to do that because she was very esoteric but the story was that she would well her name is maria um i want to say they call her santa maria in spain she's actually canonized so you know she was very important at one point and then they burned all of her books and and i guess tried to write her out of history but the the story was is that she would and this was i think in the 1600s she would meditate and her and her sisters and everyone and would say that she would just do it for hours. Well, as she would sit there and meditate, the, the Indians here in Texas were having also meditations and they were meeting with a woman in blue, the lady in blue. And then they, it, like she visited over 500 times, it's recorded. But then she decided, well, I'm gonna tell them something specific to tell a Spanish leader, because this is during Spanish uh, Louisiana rule. And uh, she did, and literally even today, they're still like going through documents and really proving the connections that they were making. They were like, it was amazing. <laughs> so I didn't know if you knew anything about her. She's one of my favorite stories. Well, I didn't know uh, about her and I'll have to uh, pull her in. I kind of feel like when people say something like that and you're sharing something with us uh, that is totally new, I feel like we need to kind of call her in, right? Yeah. And call that energy well, in. I've had a connection to her for some reason since the first time I saw her, you know, being from Louisiana, 
My family has been there since the 1600s. And when I heard that story, I was very connected to it then. But she was a Franciscan nun. And in one of my past lives, I was a Franciscan nun. And I didn't even know what the hell that was um, in my regression. I just said I was a, I think I said a Francisco nun because I didn't even know <laughs> what a Franciscan was. And so, um, yeah, I love that synchronicity. And I do too. I, I agree. For some reason she's um, meant to come to us. So, yes, thank you for sharing that. You said Lady um, Guadalajara. Guadalupe, Guadalupe. Guadalupe, Guadalupe, yeah. Can you talk about her and how she is a significant saint? So she, uh, she actually appeared to an indigenous man during the time of the uh, slaughter from the Spanish to the Aztecs to the Mexicas. And she appeared to Juan Diego, uh, who was an Indian peasant. So they say he was a peasant. Well, the story says he's a peasant, but I have a, a little bit different knowing about him. I think he was uh, one of us. When I say that, somebody who was uh, awakened and enlightened and probably of a higher status. But anyway, he, she appeared to him. And during that appearance, uh, her, her goal the end goal was to bring a stop to the a stop to the slaughter from the Spanish uh, against the Aztecs. And so, when she appeared, she appeared. The Guadalupana appeared uh, with many symbols on her on her mantle, on the cloak that related both to the Spanish when they looked at her and to the Indians to the to the Aztecs when they looked at it. So they integrated. Here's um, something that's very interesting when you say about the integration and speaking to people in a way that they relate. And so that's exactly what she did. She said, I'm going to appear with this mantle with all of these symbols that relate to both sides of this story to stop the bloodshed. And that's basically what she did. And she is one who um, I receive visions from her and from the divine feminine, and I have since I was four years old, uh, she would appear and, and give different uh, messages, different information. That's what uh, my books are about, are those visions. So that's who Our, Our Lady of Guadalupe is. I see uh, the way that I understand her is that the divine feminine, and she said this to me in a vision, is many faces and beyond the faces at all. She's beyond those faces. So she appears uh, like, let's say in the Tibetan tradition as the Tara. She appears as Kuan Yin. She appears as the white Buffalo lady. She appears, mm -hmm. you see, she appears as Guadalupe or as our lady of light or as our lady of sorrows or all of this. So the divine feminine, you know, is this mass appearance of all of these different faces but behind that is the essence of love and the feminine energy and so it's all the same thing coming from the same being right thank you so much thank you yeah i what did i call her did i call her guadalajara <laughs> it's okay she she loves you and she's going to say i'm going to appear to her as guadalajara <laughs> 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 oh 
Oh my so gosh, hilarious. that's so funny. I love you. So I, Megan, Shannon and I and our metaphysical um, little boutique that we have, we sell mm -hmm. a lot of stones. I wanted mm -hmm. to ask you about stones and what they mean to you and the pieces that you use for your jewelry. Well, I always hand select one of a kind stones. I just kind of tune into what I'm drawn to and then I'll research ad nauseum you know, what that stone means, what it does. I'm very into also looking at the crystal structure. So I don't know if you guys know, like different crystals are gonna have different um, structures, so to speak, like a diamond comes in a dodecahedron shape. And, and so you can look at the crystal structure of a stone for what it is that you're needing to achieve in your life or, or maybe you're drawn to that stone and you can look at that and you can be like, oh, this is a, stone that's going to help me grow and build things. It's a structural, it's structure helps me do that. And then you can look at the color of the stone. You can look at the other um, elements that are in the stone. And there's so many different layers to like what they can provide for us. I mean, I look at them as medicine. They're a form yeah. of medicine. I wish they would do some medicine for me because I recently created my own stone within me a mm -hmm. kidney stone which I find oh. is very amazing that our bodies can actually create this you know stone. crystals just like the earth does I'm trying to figure out how to maybe push out like a diamond because that would be like freaking amazing <laughs> if we could like figure that out that would but be awesome I, I was very drawn to the healing that you guys do uh, you do a lot with the digestive system. I had some, or did I have gallbladder? It was gall See, I don't even remember. See, that's it was my not gallbladder. I might be. Not comfortable at all. But that's also, I think, learning where we hold our emotions or where energy gets congested is, mm -hmm. well, it's different for all of us, right, Michelle? She's the master healer. I, I use the stones and stuff like that, but energetically, like our emotions get congested and then they can manifest into the body in the form of a kidney stone or a gallstone or a tumor. Every person is going to be different in how you hold the energy and where it gets congested and what it manifests into. So yeah, I, yeah, Michelle, I feel like I know you. It's so weird. Every yeah, I'm just like, do we hang out sometime? I don't know, but I feel the same thing when I saw your face. I was like, where do I know her from? Yeah, <laughs> have you been here to Colorado and? Oh yeah, definitely been to Colorado. Yeah, I feel like I like we've hung out. Like I've talked we to probably you mixed somewhere along the line, somewhere along uh, or along lineage. some lineage or somewhere or somewhere back then <laughs> in another time. For sure. Yeah. No, I totally, I totally feel that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I really do. So Shanna and I both have a different story about how we've gotten to where we are. Um, but both of our stories consist of pain to purpose. I always really admire and love talking to people that were lucky enough to be raised with such amazing rituals and tools and knowledge and wisdom passed down and that didn't have to maybe go through all that pain without having that. Um, Michelle, it sounds like you were raised with a lot of tools and that this is something that just runs in your blood. Megan, did you have to go through pain to find this purpose or were you too um, attracted to this at a young age? 
I was extremely attracted to this at a very young age, but it was not, and no disrespect to like my family or the people around me, it wasn't in their wheelhouse. I was like the definite black sheep, like the weird kid that was like, not <laughs> like everybody else in the family, even now, still today in a lot of ways, but I've become more confident in being like, no, actually like this is coming through me intuitively. And this is what I know to be true. And I'm not going to deny that because there's a place for everybody at the table, right? Like the way the spirit talks to me might not be the same way the spirit talks to my mom, right? Like my mom is, is Catholic, always like born and raised Catholic, all went to church, even like daily, she would go to mass daily. Um, and I have a lot of, I love, I would go to 6am mass some, for a period of time when I lived here in Santa Fe, I would get up and I'd go to 6am mass on the days I didn't go to the gym. And there was something about just the simple rituals that they did. Cause they don't usually give a homily or if it is, it's like super short and there's not a lot of fluff in there. Right. It's like the bones, the basic bones, like you get communion, you say your prayers, da, da, da. So I really connected with the ritual part of being raised in the church that way. And also in my connection to Mary, the divine mother in that expression. Mm -hmm. But I definitely had to like really dig my feet in at some point and say, no, like this is who I am. And this is how the spirit is speaking to me and through me. And there are no other artists in my family. Like I definitely have that creative, mm -hmm. um, I don't know how Michelle so eloquently put it. That's the language of the soul, right? Like you don't yeah. use words to, you don't need words when you're doing something visual like that. So. I love that. Yeah, we, we uh, speaking on something similar, we had a reverend on and he's really into numerology and he was really good with math when he was young and all throughout college. <clears throat> And when he kind of had this breakdown and, and got on his knees and said, God, I need you to speak to me in my language, he started speaking to him in numbers because that's how he could receive. So I love what you said is we all assume we're going to be spoken to the same way through, through a certain prayer, or certain ritual. We all are spoken to differently so that we can understand that. So thank you for sharing that and reiterating that because it's really important for our listeners to understand that it could come to them in a completely different way. Look at it this way, like, do you guys have siblings? Yeah, okay, so your relationship, your mom's relationship to each individual, each of you is different, you know, and your dad's relationship. So no relationship with any single, it's all going to be unique, right? Every relationship is unique. Even, and so every single relationship that any single one of us has to the divine is unique and none of them is wrong. Yeah, uh, and that's why I love that this practice allows all religions, all people, there's no conditioned, you know, it's this way or the highway. Right. Um, I feel that way. Even though I do Reiki, I teach Reiki, but then I have all of these things that keep coming to me from my ancestors. I do ancestry work I, I, every day and I didn't even want to do this shit. They just start lining up, <laughs> knocking on my door. They're like, this girl's open. We're going to use her. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, what is happening to me? Who the hell are you now? And, but now I, it's hard for me just to put myself in a Reiki box. And I feel like that's actually what I've come out of is, was a Christian box. 
So now I'm just like, no more boxes. Like you said, it's just all the language of the soul, whatever language it is, it doesn't matter, whatever religion it is, whatever belief system it is, it's all soul work. Yep, it is all soul work. I wanted to uh, go back to the question uh, that you asked about, about pain and uh, pain for purpose. And actually uh, that language, pain for purpose, really comes into an indication of the, let's say, the medicine person in you, the curandera in you, the shaman in you, all of those terms, the magician in you, uh, the divine in you, because the pain is our initiation. No one gets to escape that part of being on the planet. I don't care who you are, what your story is, or how, how many tools or gifts you have. That's the initiation. That's the cosmic initiation. And that's the part that's connected to our suffering. And we can stay in the suffering and let that kill us and make us sick and uh, make us diseased and make us bitter and all of that garbage. Or we can take it and turn it exactly what you said, pain for purpose, because that becomes your wisdom. That's the healing when you realize, hey, this is the purpose of the pain and I'm going to transform that into, into doing something with it and into a gift that I can, one, heal myself, and two, help others to understand and see so that they too can transform. And that's the pain. And so we all have the pain for purpose or the pain that should lead us to purpose. And mm -hmm. uh, that, that is what it is, right? That's, yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. You know, it's funny because I'm definitely living that right now, you know, with, like I said, these digestive issues, but I'll tell you, it has me seeking healing that I haven't sought before. Like we just worked with somebody who was teaching a specific chance for this digestive issue. Don't know if I would have went that road had I not had this right here, right now. And I've really enjoyed it. The pain, however it is, has a very deep message that we need to connect with. And so often we just want to numb it or make it go away. But I've really embraced it. Like I like I'm about to birth a baby, but I'd like <laughs> <laughs> that's what it feels like. But awful. But I'd like to birth a diamond rather than a little tiny, you know, shit calcite. <laughs> Michelle, um, something that's just like super heavy on me today is um so many people suffering with addiction that I know lately. Um, yeah. to opiates and to alcohol and I'm in recovery and so when I'm hearing these stories it takes me back to that darkness and that pain that I had felt it seems like the COVID maybe has really even upped those numbers unfortunately we're over medicated big pharma is just that it's big and it breaks my heart I am a strong believer that everything we need to heal ourselves is God-given right here on earth. And I know that you ladies work a lot with herbs and plants. And so I want to start bringing awareness to people that there's other options. Can we just talk about what you guys have seen in healing within what is already here on earth and give a little bit of hope to people out there that there is other ways to, to heal sicknesses. You don't have to go on antidepressants. You don't have to go on opiates for pain. Um, I, of course, me and Shanna have been on some of those things and it helped us through a rough time, but can we touch base on plants and herbs and medicine? 
when you look at illness, and I'll just kind of like briefly go through my understanding of it and how I see it. So you say everything begins on the spiritual level, and then it comes into the mental body and the thoughts. The mind is the spiritual battlefield, so to speak. And then it comes into the emotional body and then the physical body, the energetic system and the physical body. And when it manifests in the physical body, then you have to address at the physical level. And that's where you would bring in, uh, you know, the different types of medications in terms of uh, herbal medicines or nutrition even. But I would also say that you go back to the, the trauma because the trauma behind the addiction is encapsulated usually in with people. It's encapsulated inside them on an energetic level. And so you have to, let's say, dissolve that encapsulated energy. And the best way to do that is actually through the use of light and visualization. And so this becomes something very different in that when we look at light and we look at, let's say, addiction, you're looking at energy. You're looking at two different vibrational frequencies of energy. You're looking at congested energy versus energy that's moving as quick as the speed of light. And so when you're doing that, you say, okay, I'm going to, and this is how I do it. And I'll just kind of like briefly show you. So that way people can use this too. It's very simple. It's, it's not magic, you know? So the way that I do it is I invoke, for example, I'll, I'll invoke Christ. And I'll say, you know, our Lord Jesus Christ, come to me and assist me. You can invoke St. Michael, the Archangel or the Buddha or whoever, or, or just love, you know, so you invoke that creating a shield of protection around you. And then once you do that, you visualize the light coming into your, into your body and filling up your body and transforming the vibrational frequency within your body. And then what you do is you ask, where am I holding this pattern of addiction, where am I holding this in my body? For example, I'm holding this trauma in my belly or in my digestive system or in my colon or in my heart. And you ask, what does that look like? And you see it through your mind's eye. You look at it and let's say it's a black blob. And uh, so you see the black blob and what you do is then you bring the light directly into it and you start kind of you're saturating it with light and as you saturate it with light you're opening it up and breaking it up and dissolving it and transforming it you see and so once you're doing that you do that and then you can say what color of light do I need or what word does that need you're free or you're lovable or you can forgive or I'm forgiven or they're forgiven or whatever the story is. And you bring that in and you do that practice daily. It doesn't have to be for hours. It could be for five minutes a day. Mm -hmm. And that light will heal and transform that congested energy. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Wow. So you go back to a couple of things. Our thoughts are very powerful. They manifest reality. Our words are a sacred language. They're holy tools. We're casting spells upon ourselves continuously by saying, I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm no good. And you're also casting spells upon yourself when you're saying, I'm awesome, I'm brave, I'm, brave, I'm powerful, I'm beautiful, 
I'm capable, I have gifts, you know? And so you're using the word in command with the light and you're bringing the light in and that light and this technique is an ancient spiritual technology. I can guarantee the Egyptians used it, the Mayans used it, the Lumerians used it, the Atlantans used it. And we're coming back into our own wisdom that we hold inside of it, with it. And so more powerful than anything else, I'm not saying that those tools, those other things like plant medicine or stone medicine or food nutrition isn't necessary, they are. But this is a very quick and effective way to begin to address it and to heal the body. Michelle and I have this discussion a lot, like a class right now that we're running and, you know, people will ask like, how do we do this? How do we do that? Da, da, da. And after the class, Michelle and I will sit and talk and I'm like, the only thing that we should focus on is that, the, the light, because it kind of gets to the core of the matter and strips away anything else, so to speak. Every individual has to do what they're called to utilize, right? If you're really drawn to a stone or you're really drawn to exploring a healing modality for on yourself, or, you know, you have to trust that intuition also. Example of the power of the word. Michelle shared a story about a client that she had who was a heroin addict for like 25 years. She lived here in Northern New Mexico and went to see Michelle and came in and basically was like, oh, you know, I'm a drug addict, blah, blah, blah. And Michelle's response to that person was, that's not what I see in you. I see X, Y, and Z and started stating all of these positive attributes because she had prayed before the client came and got her mind clear and her heart clear. And so she spoke to this client in this positive way and said, I don't see that in you. I see these fantastic things. And then they finish their session, the client leaves, and maybe the client comes back a month later and had just stopped done michelle i guess in their conversation was like oh you know like what happened tell me da, da, da. this client said well i realized that what i was telling myself was a lie and what you told me was the truth about me and yeah. in that instant now it's not going to work like that for everybody but it shows you the power of our words and yeah. Our thoughts, like if we are having ne constant negative thoughts about ourselves and beating ourselves down all the time, you know, women like Michelle said, we see it all the time. Oh, I'm fat. Oh, I have wrinkles. Oh, da da da. Well, you're just reinforcing that perception of yourself, and then your wrinkles are probably going to get deeper, and then you're probably going to get a bigger butt. And that's yeah. on the very like superficial level, right? Those are just physical things that we judge ourselves, but deeper down, like we all have those things that we criticize about ourselves, those imprints that were placed in us from other lifetimes or when we were very young. That or we, generational. Yeah, or generational. Well, and that see, and that's what I'm into. thinking. When you're saying that, I'm like, not only are you, you know, not going anywhere in this life, that, but that is probably something now that will carry on future lineages. If you, you know, I always worry about that. And like everything that you're doing, <laughs> everything, you know, is going to, you know, be affecting 16 yes. generations. And it's so hundred percent true. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Emoto, the mm -hmm. uh, Japanese uh, scientist who, um, and I bring him up because he, he did a fabulous job with how water is imprinted and creates different uh, molecular structures 
based on words told to right. told to it. So when you when you look at if you look up Emoto and you look at the let's say the jar of water that has I love you on it is this beautiful crystallization that is just amazing. And then if you have the jar that says I hate you or you're ugly, it's this congested. That's exactly exactly what I see energetically when I work on people in their bodies, in their system. And we are water and ancient peoples. My grandma uh, used to talk about that with the, with the food is, you know, if you're angry and you're cooking, you're putting anger into the food. You are stressed (laughs) out. You're putting stress. Oh my gosh. I've never thought of that. I need to meditate before I cook. Well, exactly. And, and so if you put love you know. into it, right, if you put love into the food, love into the water, love into your body, and if you then also see another, and rather than judging them for being, having pain, my God, why would we judge anybody for being in pain, <laughs> you know, for, for anybody's Child. story, right? And yes. so when you think like, these are things that we do unconsciously but if you bring awareness to it and you begin to say like what I think and what I feel about myself impacts me and about other people impacts them it's casting spells we're casting spells continuously so why would you say that (laughs) right and so think like if you want to cast a spell and you want to say Woo, I'm going to make you beautiful because you are beautiful and I'm going to ignite your beauty. Yeah. Right. And then you think like, gosh, I've got, I'm a magical being and I have so much power and I'm unaware of it. And all of us are unaware of it. And we have to come back into awareness of it and say, I am magical and yes, I suffer. Yes, I have problems and none of us are immune from that. However, there's this other tool of beauty that we carry, which is in our word and in our thoughts and Mm -hmm. in our blessing, our ancient people and myself and in doing the ways and wisdom ways of blessing the food, blessing the water, doing these Mm -hmm. things, blessing your coffee, you're transforming yourself. You know, and speaking of food, you know, I was shocked to find out that there are many foods that mimic like the digestive system, you know, these fruits that are, are mimicking my pancreas. I mean, it's all amazing. It's like food. I mean, it should be, it should be sacred. I have to admit I'm having mom guilt right now. I'm, I'm sitting here <laughs> thinking about all the very irritable mac and cheese I made for my daughter when she was like, mommy, I'm hungry. Mommy, I'm hungry. Mommy, where's the mac and cheese? Mommy, where's my mac and cheese? And I'm like, string it up, like all angry. Like, <laughs> I need, but no, Michelle, I appreciate you bringing that up and that awareness to it because it, it makes so much sense that we're putting that energy into that food yes. too, that we are serving our children, our husbands, our ourselves. Families. Yeah, our families. I was so thankful for these foods. Like when I discovered that they were going to do that, I was like, oh my God, like, thank you. You're going to do something in my stomach that I, that I can't do for myself right now. It was just, mm-hmm. I had this relationship with a freaking pineapple. Like I've never, <laughs> <laughs> like freaking SpongeBob. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love you, Shanna. So ladies, I have to ask, 
13th Moon. Let's talk about the name. And can you tell our listeners a little bit about all that you offer on your beautiful website and your amazing merchandise and all of that love you're putting out? Okay, Megan, this is your baby. (laughs) Well, the 13 moons came about because there really should be 13 moons in every calendar year. But whatever, the patriarchy changed that for the convenience of whatever they needed. Anyway, so the 13 moons is really like an honoring of the divine feminine and In all honesty, the name came to me in the middle of the night. I woke up at like two in the morning and I was like, oh, the 13 moons, ways and wisdoms of a curadera. And then I called, I don't know, I may have texted her in the middle of the night or I called her first thing in the morning. I'm like, oh, I had a divine inspiration. This is the name and it felt right. And so we just did it. And that's how, and then um, in terms of all of our products, it's really an integration of all of our talents and all of our own gifts that we have to offer the world. So you'll see some of my jewelry. We also make medicinal candles. So we have some candles. I think Michelle's books are there. We have all of our audio workshops, almost all of them. We have a couple more to add, but we have individual audio workshops. And then we're going to have a self-guided 13 module course that we're going to offer right now. We have a live version of it going on, but we're going to offer it completely self-guided. Um, where it's just teaching people how to use the simple things of like blessing your food, doing a coffee ritual, bringing the light into everything that you do. I mean, think of all the things we do every day. You take a shower, you Mm -hmm. um, make your coffee or your tea, like every mundane activity that we have is actually also an opportunity to bring in the sacred. So we have uh, also, so the, the teachings that we're doing, so You know, sometimes people say, well, what is, you know, what is the 13 moons? Well, the 13 moons is the ways and wisdoms of a curandera, but we are teachers. We are teachers of love and light Mm -hmm. and consciousness and the foundational pieces of remembering for people to remember who and what they are. You know, we are all these things. It's, It's not just a certain select few who are the medicine people, who are the, you know, who are the magical ones who have the gifts. All of us have, all of us have this and it has been blanketed. The audio workshops that are available individually right now and and will be in a complete packet of 13 uh, modules uh, is called A Million Hearts Rising. And uh, The Million Hearts Rising is really about us turning back into the place and the intellect of the heart. And the reason that we're doing that is because for years and years and years and years in vision, I was told over and over and over again, you know, love is the answer. Love is the answer. The intellect of the heart transforms the intellect of the heart. You know, so these are the foundational pieces of consciousness and awareness that I feel like they reignite the memory, the cosmic memory, the ancestral memory, the past life memory, uh, however you see it, the soul memory, the soul knowledge of everything that's inside every person. And so they're wonderful, wonderful uh, modules and themes. Like we do one on the divine feminine. We just did uh, one on the beauty way, the pathway of beauty. And that's, you know, speaking of the language of the soul 
and how we ignite to the cosmic beauty, which is tied to joy and with our own beauty. And then we radiate out, it, out into the world in our daily living. And then like Megan said, you know, the ritual parts of the Kurandera piece uh, are those teachings of showing people how to incorporate these into our routine life because we're busy people, you know, we're working, we've got kids and family and mortgages and, you know, we're traveling or we're doing this and that. And so it's bringing it into like the householder's world and saying, you know, this is how you bring the sacred into your rituals that you already do. You already have the ritual of coffee. You already have the ritual of tower. And so mm -hmm. you bring the sacred right into that. You transform your life. So you're integrating it into what already you do in your normal day, because we always think we got to, you know, put an hour aside to go sit and meditate or to do these rituals. I love it. Thank you guys for the reminder, you know, in Alcoholics Anonymous, they tell us, keep it simple, silly. So I love that you guys are integrating back into being able to keep it simple. I love your message. I love both of you. Um, I, I, I'm just very appreciative. Um, I, I'm never going to forget what you're saying, Michelle. I love how you say it. Be careful what kind of spells you're casting on yourself, on your foods, on your people, on your energy. And now it's time for Break That Shit Down. Someone told me this one time and it has stuck with me and I often use it is treat yourself the way that a mother or a big sister would, right? Like, even if you don't have one, like always remember, like be kind to yourself, take care of yourself. Don't cast spells of negativity on yourself and always believe that you can do whatever. And I mean, whatever it is that you wanna do, don't doubt yourself for a second because the second you let that doubt in, it's gonna be that much harder to achieve. But we are capable beings and we absolutely 100% can do anything we set our mind to. Amen. Amen. I would say, remember that you and every single person is a magical being. You are magical and we need to peel the layers off that block or uh, blanket the knowledge that we all have inside of us. We are magical beings and and I like to do this when I work with people is say, take the words I am and ignite and imprint inside of yourselves, the I am words. I am beautiful. I am healthy. I am love. I am light. I am amazing. I am peaceful. I oh, am badass. grace. I am badass. <laughs> I love it. You guys you guys are. Tell Thank our you. listeners the name of your website. It's the T H E the 13 moons.com. It's my lucky and number. It's a good <laughs> yes, number. Ours too. All right, ladies. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you guys so much for just sharing your, your beautiful spells that you're casting out <laughs> onto the world and onto everything. Um, we really appreciate you. And I'll definitely be showing up at your front door for some homemade tortillas. I was just going to say, you guys, let's break you. bread together. You <laughs> know what they say in Spanish, mi casa es su casa, my house is <laughs> your house. So come on over, dead serious. Thank you awesome. very much. Mwah. 
Thanks for being with us today. We hope you will come back next week. If you like what you hear, don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe. Thank you. We rise to lift you up. Thanks for listening.